Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll turn our attention to a portion of our gospel lesson. In fact, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, so that all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen. Amen, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He is not going to come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The news this week took us into a courtroom. It showed us some of the witness testimony, some of the evidence going on, proceedings in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. People will have their own opinions, whether he was a murderer or whether he was just defending himself. But ultimately, the opinions of the public don't mean anything. They aren't going to be the basis on which he's either convicted or exonerated. His fate is in the hands of the judge and the jury. And they won't decide either on their own opinions, their own personal opinions. The verdict will come on the basis of evidence presented in comparison to applicable laws. The words of Jesus remind us that one day we will all stand trial before a judge not going to be an earthly courtroom. The opinions that people have about us, whether good or bad, aren't going to make any difference at all. The judge that we're going to stand before is Jesus. And as the eternal, omniscient God, there won't need to be any, tetmus, any testimony, any witnesses. As the omniscient God, he already knows Everything we've done, haven't done, everything we've said, everything we've thought, it's all on record. It's already known to him. We'll all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to decide what our eternal fate is going to be. His decision is final and it's eternal. He will either declare us to be not guilty or guilty. He will either invite us to come into his presence and enjoy the joy of heaven for all eternity, or he will send us out of his presence into the lake of burning sulfur for all eternity. So how is God going to decide that? What's the basis for the judgment? How is he going to decide whether we're guilty or not guilty? Jesus says the time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the voice of God and come out. Everyone will be like Lazarus. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, he came out alive. When everyone hears the voice of the Son of God, the trumpet call of God on the last day, all the dead, everyone who has ever lived and died, will come out of their graves alive. Then, Jesus says, those who have done good will rise to live, but those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. The HV translation does an excellent job because it makes it clear that Jesus used two different words 
when he was describing what the good did and what the evil did. He doesn't say those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. He says those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. The Apostle Paul says something similar when he gives that long list of all those who lived according to the sinful nature and what the acts of the sinful nature are. He concludes by saying, those who live like this, similar idea, right? Those who practice evil, who lived like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. In another place, he says, that is what some of you were, people who gratified the sinful nature, people who practiced evil. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. On God's courtroom, the basis, the bottom line basis of judgment is God's laws represented in the Ten Commandments. The question that the judge should ask in order to make his decision is, did you keep the commandments? Did you keep them perfectly? But the answer that everyone has to give to that question is, No. There isn't anybody who has always kept God's commandments perfectly every minute of every day of their lives. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is going to be judged not guilty on the basis of God's law because everybody is guilty. So what does it mean when the Bible says that those who do good and those who practice evil What is the difference? What is it talking about? Jesus says that because the Father has entrusted all judgment to the Son, to Jesus, he is equal to the Father. He deserves the same honor and glory as the Father. He's equal to the Father. He said, I and the Father are one. He was with the Father in the beginning. Therefore, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. That means then that anybody who says there was a time when Jesus did not exist or anyone says that Jesus is just a God-like creature but not equal with the Father or anyone who says that Jesus is a human being just like us and eventually he worked himself up to being God, that's practicing evil, right? They're not giving equal honor and glory to Jesus as they give to the Father. They're practicing the worst evil that you can practice. You're not giving God all the glory that he deserves. You're worshiping an idol, a figment of your own imagination, a God that doesn't exist and can't help you. Practicing evil means refusing to listen to Jesus, refusing to believe that the Father so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son to save the world. Practicing evil means thinking that either there is no such thing as a judgment and you're never going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, or practicing evil also means thinking that when you do appear before the judgment seat of Christ, you can rest on your own laurels and you don't really need Jesus. Those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned, Jesus said. And they are the ones who have rejected Jesus, 
as the one the Father sent into the world to save them. So then who are the ones who have done what is good, who will rise to live? They are the ones that acknowledge that Jesus is one with the Father, that he is the one that the Father sent into the world to save the world, and they're part of the world. He sent Jesus into the world to save them. Jesus says, Amen, amen, I tell you. Anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He is not going to come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life. And again, Jesus says, Amen, amen, I tell you, the time is coming and is here now when the dead, spiritually dead, those born dead in trespasses and sin, will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. The ultimate basis of judgment on the last day, Jesus says, is his word. It's his claim, his statement that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, that he and the Father are one, that he came into the world to save the world, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. That's the word, that's the basis of his judgment. So the question is not did you keep the commandments perfectly, because no one has. The question is, did you believe the word? When you heard the word of Jesus, when you heard his claim that he is your savior, did you trust it was true? One of the reasons that God has entrusted all judgment to the Son, Jesus says, is because he's the Son of Man. He's the one that chose to leave heaven and come to this earth, to live on this earth, to experience everything that we experience to be tempted, to experience hunger and thirst and pain and rejection. He's experienced it all. He's the Son of Man. And because he experienced everything we experience, we know that he is a compassionate judge. He knows what it's like to live here. But having compassion doesn't allow him to ignore the basis of God's judgment. Experienced that a couple times, uh, sitting in courtrooms. One occasion, the person came before the judge and was arrested because he was driving while wearing headphones listening to music. His excuse was, I didn't know that was against the law, judge. And the judge could have compassion on him, said, well, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't know that, but you still did it. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. You're guilty. Go see the bailiff, pay the fine. You're done. The other one was pretty interesting. Man was arrested because he chased another man through the parking lot of the store, into the store, and was threatening him with a tire iron. And he explained to the judge, well, Judge, I caught the guy with my wife. That's why I chased him. That's why I was threatening him with a tire iron. And the judge says, I understand. I have compassion on you. I might have been tempted to do the same thing, but no, can't do that. It's against the law. You're guilty. Pay the fine for making terroristic threats. 
So as much as compassion that those judges had on the person in their situation, they weren't able to say not guilty because they were. So, because Jesus is the Son of Man, because he's experienced everything that we've experienced, he's lived on this earth, he has compassion for us, but his compassion isn't what gets us off the hook. We are still guilty. So how can he say, we will not come into judgment? We will not be declared guilty? Because the basis of God's true justice isn't the question, did you keep the commandments? All of us are guilty. None of us have kept them. The basis of his judgment is when you heard the voice of the Son of God, when you heard that he was the Savior, when you heard him say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Did you believe that? Did you trust my promise? When Jesus came to earth, he did more than just show us how much he cares for us. He did that. He showed us how much he cares for us by being willing to come and live in the flesh on this earth, experience everything that we experience. But more than that, he did it to take our place, to be our substitute, to be our substitute under God's law, to fulfill what God demanded, that his law be kept perfectly every minute of every day throughout life. Jesus did that. He was tempted in every way, but he remained without sin. He came to this earth to go to the cross, to be our substitute. He volunteered to take on himself the punishment that God's law demanded for every time it was broken. And he paid for it all, 100%. He willingly suffered hell in our place. When that last day comes, and it will, and you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and you will, remember what the true basis of God's judgment is you try to point to the law, and if you try to point to all the times that you kept it, you're practicing evil, you'll be condemned, because God's law says, don't just keep it most of the time. It says keep it perfectly. So even just one sin your whole life makes you imperfect, makes you a sinner. And if you're going to call on God's law to justify you, you won't be, you'll be condemned. The basis of God's justice is when you heard the voice of God, when you heard Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, when you heard him say, I have come to be your Savior, the Father sent me into the world to save the world, to save you, did you believe it? trust it. If so, you have crossed over from death to life. You will live not because of anything you did or didn't do, but only because of what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Please stand.